From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. This is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Oh, our moms are great. They are. Gotta love them. All right. So, Miles, it's... Well, so... It's been a couple of weeks since it, we sat down and chatted. It, it has. I have been busy with family. I had my brother and his wife and child come up from Texas this past weekend. Uh, so that was an absolute blast. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. We, sounds like you almost had too much fun. You got a little frog in your little, throat. A little frog in my throat. No, that's uh, remnants from the week before uh, with a sinus infection. Oh, okay. So uh, still... a. Recovering just a little bit from that too, um, yeah. Otherwise, I've been I've been brewing quite a bit recently. Awesome. Have you? Uh, I've brewed. Uh, I talked about it a lot last week. Um, I'll just get you caught up. I brewed an sure. IPA, or I guess a pale ale. Um, shot for ten fifty five. I ended up at ten fifty eight. Um, used hop shots instead of uh, any bittering hops for a cleaner bitterness. Yeah, you mentioned that. How yep. was your experience? Have you used those? Have you used those before? I have not. Um, not entirely sure on my experience yet because I haven't tasted it yet. Okay. So we'll find out. Uh, as of this recording, I should be, or as as of this broadcast, I should be dry hopping in about a week. So. Or no, less than a week. I'll be dry hopping the Thursday after this episode comes out, um, and then should be drinking it the following uh, by the by the following Friday. So nice. What are you dry hopping with? Um, I'm doing two ounces of Citra and an ounce of Galaxy uh, for five days, and then the same at three days. Ooh, classic. Yep. Just yeah, I don't I don't know what it is about citrus uh, Citra hops, but they work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that Citra Galaxy combination is just off the charts. Delicious. <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, Chad and I brewed an IPA, and I brought that recipe and that beer here today. Okay. So, do you want to hear what that is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that. Uh, so, I have, uh, again, this is for a one gallon, because I got, or I convinced him that that is the future of home brewing. Oh, man. Now, you and uh, your one-gallon cult. So it's uh, two pounds of pale Tyrol and a quarter pound of Munich 10. Okay. Then uh, seven grams of Northern Brewer at... Oh, where are we? I think that was our 60-minute edition. And then uh, 11 ounces of Glacier as a dry 11 hop. ounces? 11 grams of Glacier. As a dry hop addition, I I think I missed a. I think I'm. It's trying to copy paste here, and apparently that didn't work. Let me see if I can't pull this up here. Um, here we are. Uh, five grams of Columbus at sixty minutes. Seven grams of Northern Brewer at five. Okay, minutes. Okay, h- how many grams? All right, so Columbus at what? Uh, Columbus at five. Five grams of Columbus at 60? Yep. Okay. Seven grams of Northern Brewer at five. All right, and then dry hop with 11 grams of Glacier? Yes, for three days. Hmm. 
So, are you going for like an English style uh, IPA? Because that's the way it kind of seems with these hop choices. Uh, the hop choices, uh, Chad picked them mostly based off the uh, flavor and aroma profile he read on the package. Okay. And I, I don't know exactly what he was going for, but they just kind of seemed like a good combination to go together. So if that kind of falls into the English flavor category. Yeah, well, I mean, Glacier I guess, yeah. uh, can be substituted with Fuggle. There we go. Um, that makes sense. And then German Northern Brewer, well, Northern Brewer is, uh, you know, another one that I'll use in, uh, well, English beers. Um, yeah, it just seems very... Uh, yeah, very very English. Nothing wrong with it. Just no, just a, a comment on it. Yep. And then uh, Nottingham Ale yeast. Uh, he used with a English. Yeast. Yeah, dude, you guys brewed an English uh, IPA. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, that was a dry yeast that we mm-hmm. we were given a try. Yeah, I, I really like Nottingham. Um, I'll use it for ciders. Sure, I can see that. Yep, it's a good cider yeast. Uh, so we were very pleased with. Uh, <laughs> With how it turned out. I don't know how this is going to pop here. Not too bad. Okay. Just a little bit of work. Yeah, I know. I do too. That's good. And then uh, the next time I came or showed up to brew a little bit with him, uh, I learned that he had put some orange rinds in the in the fermenter. Okay. And I think those were in there somewhere between two and three days. All right. Uh, color's good. Um, a little cloudy, but nothing wrong with that. Oh, man, my, my taste buds are throwing off. Um, I'm not getting, uh, like, carbonation seems a little low. This may have been... We were still experimenting with um, my two dollar counter pressure filler. Okay. Which was uh, a hose shoved through the through a car bunk or yep. car boy bung. And then a little thing to release the gas. Yeah. No, actually, no. It um, just kind of pushed through the the seams of kind of between the bung and the tube. Okay. Yeah, it actually worked quite well, I think. Big biscuit, like just so much biscuit. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, but yeah, um, hmm, not picking up a whole lot of the orange. I, I'm getting a little bit. It kind of comes off as like a, a dry bitter in the background. Uh, put just a little bit more in there. Sure. Lush. That's what people want to hear me doing is swishing water. Oh, absolutely. Makes for great radio. It does. All right. Um, all right. So I guess while I'm <clears throat> trying to figure out what I'm tasting here, why don't you talk about it a little bit? Um, like just talk about your perceptions of it. Well, I- I'm having a difficult time right now, uh, but my but the original uh, taste that I had from it was it had a, a nice clean bitter. This beer came out pretty darn clean, I think. It's got a little bit of a haze, but nothing sedimenty about it. Uh, what was your uh, ABV on this? 
Uh, ABV, I think, worked out to be somewhere between four and five. Okay. The final gravity didn't, or it didn't ferment out completely, and I, we had to mo- uh, move stuff along, so we just, excuse me, bottled it at uh, a lower ABV, and I thought that was fine because it, it came off really well as a, a session ale. Yeah. Um. All right. So first, like, all right. I think I think I'm ready to give impressions. Go if for that's, it. If that's Go for okay. it. Yeah. Um. The first thing, I don't think it's an IPA. Uh. I think right. it's an English pale ale. Like straight yeah. up. Yeah. I think. Um. We. I. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened with the process, but it didn't get come out as bitter as it was supposed to, and so I think I was telling him that we should reclassify it as kind of this. Uh, Session pale ale as opposed to an IPA. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and as a session session pale ale, or well, not even session pale, ale, just an English pale ale. Um, it's it's solid. Um, there's that bit like I'm getting like the English characters from the yeast, uh, which I really like. Um, <clears throat> and then you said you used uh, just two row, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Pale two row. Um, and then with the with the spicier hops for over the floral hops or mm-hmm. over the like citrusy stuff, um, yeah, it just lends that English character. Um, man, I I wish the carbonation was a little bit more. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what happened. Maybe I need to replace the gasket on this bottle or something. But I, I well, I know. Um, so uh, at least in my experience, when I'm counter pressure filling, yep. Um, you need to like overshoot your carbonation by quite a bit because yeah. you're going to lose a bunch while you're filling. It was uh, it was quite a day because I brought uh, an old uh, beer of mine that I wanted to just kind of get out of the fermenter and not waste. So uh, I came there with that. Um, there was already some beer in, the, in his keg. So we uh, drank most of that. We bottled up a few. We pushed mine in. We bottled most of that up. And then we had that which went in, and we got that filled up too, so that we could um, bottle that and then just have that on tap. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a busy day that day. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, and what was really frustrating on that day was I got my last piece of equipment for my electronic control box, and I gathered everything up. I'm like, uh, we're gonna brew on my equipment today. So I'm going to bring it all over. We'll go get some recipes. We'll come back. Going to brew a beer, and it's going to be amazing. We go, uh, So I get there. We go to another brewer. We get our stuff. We come back. I get it all set up, and I left my thermocouple at home. Oh, dude. It was a shot in the nuts. I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. Dude, that sucks. Uh, so we ended up brewing uh, a beer that he ended up uh, buying stuff for on his equipment, and that turned out decently well. And then uh, I think two days later, I ended up brewing at home with my equipment. Awesome. Again, so and what did you brew at home? I made a cream ale. Okay. Uh, this is a recipe, or or at least a concept that I've been wanting to make for. Uh, years and years, ever since Eric lived in River Falls, mm-hmm. is, is how long I've been wanting to make a beer like this. But I don't think he was ever quite on the uh, 
on board. Train. Yeah. Um, or we just had bigger things that kind of took precedent, yeah. I guess. Uh, an almond cream ale. So years ago, we made an apricot cream ale, and it was probably one of the uh, most well-received be- home brews we'd made as far as just random friends trying our beer. Okay. And they just loved it, loved it, loved it. And I liked the base recipe. I have no idea what it was, um, but I knew that I wanted to try making an almond cream ale. And so give me, give me just a second. I have the recipe to pull up for you here. Da, da, da. Yes. Okay. So it was uh, one pound of six row, half a pound. Or are you gonna get this typed in? Yep. Okay. I got it. Uh, one pound of six row, half a pound of two row, half a pound of flaked corn. And a quarter pound of Munich 10. I don't know. I've been all about this Munich 10 recently. I'm not sure if you've... Yeah, I, I that. see that. Uh, any reason why? Uh, I don't I don't know. It just seems to be relatively versatile. It gives a little bit of a biscuity flavor. It adds some melanoidin, so it kind of helps with head retention. Uh, it kind of gives uh, just a little bit of that multi-character without going overboard in any one direction. I don't know. Just kind of... I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, and then I used five, or actually uh, half an ounce of saz for bittering. And then I used a Kolsch yeast strain. Uh, which Kolsch strain? Uh, I, I don't think I put it down here, but I, I can probably look it up real quick. That's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, Eric suggested I, I use a Kolsch yeast strain, so I went with that because it just sounded like it would fit really well. Alright, so percentages are fun. So, let's see. Yep, so uh, for that recipe, I would have been aiming for 10, 1063 for an original gravity. Uh, final gravity would be about 1016 for a little over 6% ABV, 37 IBUs, and less than 5 SRM. So a really light-colored a um, little bit of a stronger cream ale, uh, but I ended up getting more volume than just the one gallon because I, I found that between Chad's stovetop and my stovetop, he use, or he's got a, a fire. He's got one with fire, and I've got one with just the electric coils. Mm-hmm. His will have more boil off. Oh, okay. Not ridiculously, but enough that... Uh, I can't try and translate from his stovetop to my stovetop for volumes. Yeah. All right. And what was the uh, IBUs that you were shooting for? Uh, IBUs were 37. All right. For 37 IBU. Yeah. All right. I worked out percentages on this beer because those make more sense to me. Go than, for it. Uh, all right. So you're looking at 40% uh, six row, uh, 20% two row, uh, 20% flake corn, and 20% uh, Munich. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, so pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just kind of have that light, you know, kind of not full-bodied, but, f- you know, kind of that uh, mellow full body flavor sort of thing going on. And then uh, we have some uh, almond extract. And okay. And that's just going to go in at kegging. Okay. So we're probably going to put it in the keg, force carb, and put it right into bottles. Oh, very cool. 
Yeah, so it's it's not going to have too much time to just like uh, sit and sit. do what some extracts can do in beers. Yeah, and so hopefully it'll be really really good uh, right from the get go. Awesome. Uh, why'd you mix the uh, six for and two, bro? Why not just all one or the other? Uh well. Chad has been brewing with the six row, and it's been giving just this wonderful grainy flavor to a beer. Okay, and I wanted to grab some of that. That and uh, then why not go straight six row? Because I didn't want all of it. Okay, I I wanted to have some of it, and I think uh, BJCP says to to use a, a six row two row combo. Okay, so you know it, I wanted more of the six row. Uh, but kind of have that blend in there. Okay, cool. You know, um, I was really, ex- I'm, I'm really excited. It's been in the fermenter for eight days now, uh, seven or eight days now. Um, I haven't taken a reading on it on it yet because I got to do dishes. Those are in the way. Yeah. Did you Did you hit your numbers on brew day? Uh, f- yeah, actually. Um, some of them are a little wonky again because I ended up with. Uh, more final product yep. than, than the recipe called for, but I ended up doing some number crunching. I was at uh, 77% efficiency. Very nice. Uh, at about 27.5 points per gallon for mash efficiency. Okay. Which was which is pretty darn good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, I, I was really stoked to start getting those numbers uh, because my homebrew setup with the temp control and the recirculation it works it now just works which I is got awesome. it to work yes all the success i am stoked <laughs> oh man so i just to kind of toss it out there real quick without going into too much detail um i was having a problem with my heating coil just having way too much you know heat output and i wanted a way to back that down and so i I was asking all the right people all the wrong questions on how to take it down a notch. And what's funny is I couldn't find anything useful just Google searching. And so I went to YouTube, and I'm like, how do I do this? And I found a two-minute video that said when and how to reduce your 120-volt, uh, 1500-watt heating element. And that's exactly what I have. So that's exactly what I wanted. I watched it, and um, he said, buy a variable temp fan control speed thing. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Reduce the voltage and it'll reduce the Yeah, heat. exactly. And, and the whole video, wait, no, and he said, this will work exactly the way you want it to in the context of home brewing. <laughs> so it was amazing. It was like a two-minute video, and it solved all of my problems. So I went, I got the thing. Uh, I plugged it in, I cranked the the wattage way the hell down there, and it worked perfectly. Uh, I just set it to a temp, it brought it all the way up there and held it to within a degree uh, the entire time. Awesome, very cool. The entire time, it didn't overshoot at all. Very cool. All right. Um, Do we have another item on our docket? Uh, Yes. Uh, in reference to my brand new success for my electronic control box, uh, for a friend of mine, or a couple of friends of mine, Chad being one of them, they wanted to know how I made it. Okay. So I compiled a list of everything I got uh, 
to make it and and not exactly uh, how to put it together but uh you know what is what and then uh some diagrams with pictures of my control box and what the wiring looks like okay um yeah i guess if you want to like rattle off a parts list quick um i'm not really sure how this is going to translate to radio well it's not exactly going to translate to radio uh it it's going to be an announcement saying, I have the whole thing compiled on my Google Docs. Okay. So that if any of you listeners are legitimately interested in trying to do this project yourself, I have all of a, I have the entire list of what you need with links to Amazon through the affiliate link on right. Casey's webpage uh, to get any to get everything you need. Uh, why it's important, and things to consider. Yeah, um, I guess if you just want to shoot us a message on Facebook or shoot us an email, we can get that out to you. We will get that out to you. I already have it shared with Casey. Awesome. Um, I, I should at least. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if I have either. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, it's got plenty of pictures, and uh, it, it should be pretty straightforward. And, and if I've left something... If I've left something out, please, please, please feel free to to shoot us an email, and I will be more than happy to explain away because I went through all of the troubles, <laughs> all of the troubleshooting, all of the frustrations to to get something that uh, works out really, really well in the end. That is so awesome. I'm I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Yeah, no, it's very cool. I'm glad that it's that it's done and working. It it is and. Um, I I even kind of have in there uh, some alternatives because uh, one of the one of the alternatives I'd I'd be talking about is like my electronic control box is made of like that thick metal stuff and you can't just decide you're gonna cut that one day. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Uh, so I I I said you can buy like you know plastic alternatives and whatnot and and how all of this can kind of. Mix to mix and match together. Oh, very cool! Without having to get my exact stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it, I, I'm pretty stoked to to be yeah. able to share. I'm. I'm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Casey, I will show you how to build one now. Oh, but that would. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Well, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. It makes for mashing a whole lot easier. I believe it. Like, yeah. I'm just. I'm. <laughs> I need to get like a place where I can set up a semi permanent uh system. Yeah. Well, what was really nice is I, I mean, it was a little bit of work uh for the mash because I babysat babysat it the mm-hmm. whole time cuz I I wasn't sure you know how well it was going to work and I was just, you know, making yeah. sure. But um in the end, I pretty much could have just dumped in water, turned it on and then left. And nothing I, wrong with I, that. I literally would not have had to worry about a thing. And then I would have just come back, drain it, add in the sparge, uh, ramp up the temp, walk away, come back, and then move on to boil. Very cool. Done. No temperature loss. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, the other thing I was going to kind of say is uh, one of the next beers I'm going to try again now is going to be that lager of yours, the Pilsner, Okay. that I wanted to do with after the water profile mm-hmm. uh, episodes. Uh, because now I think I'm I'm ready to do that with a higher degree of success. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Well. There we go. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode and like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash studio or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, click on the Amazon link at blindninjastudios.com uh, and then do your Amazon shopping. Uh, we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, so it really helps us out, and it's super easy for you to do. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindninjastudios.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindninjastudios. Or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.